Boom, I'm walking. Do I dump it? Do I throw the drift? Welcome to the Dig Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Afar Martinez. I appreciate you guys coming and checking out our second episode. For our second episode, we have Coach Josh Mapes from Park Hill Central, the head girls coach. Josh has been the head coach for six years here with a record of 141 and 19. Josh had great success in postseason play with five district titles, three sectional titles, and then a state championship in 2015. Uh, Josh is well respected in this area in regards to how his teams produce during the season and in postseason and across the state of Missouri. Coach, I appreciate you coming in. Thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for you do for our local athletes. Uh, I just want to jump right into uh, preparation. I think it can be easily said that uh, Central Park Hills girls program is always well prepared. It seems like every time the, a team comes down and calls out a set play, you guys are setting it, saying it right back out to them. I just want to ask, is preparation for you guys more about what the other team is doing, or is it more about you guys emphasizing locked into what you guys do as a program? I think it's kind of a mixture of both, honestly. You know, we, we try to know what other teams are doing, and we try to take away what they're really good at. But on the other hand, sometimes we got to worry about what we do, too. You know, we got to prepare what we need to do against them. If we're playing a Cape Notre Dame, I think it's important to practice the matchup zone for a couple of days in preparation for them because it's just something you don't see every day. But I think our kids spend a lot of time and effort into watching film and understanding, you know, when we go to games – we go to a tournament or something, our kids are scouting and watching kids and knowing what other teams are doing. I think that's important as well as knowing what we're doing. Now, you say film. When it comes to film breakdown regards to watching the opponent, watching yourselves, what have you learned over the years of being a head coach? I, I mean, for me personally, like if I'm watching film with a player, it's all about quality over quantity. Uh, it seems like the film for me can only be and now it's more individual based you're more more team based is two three four minutes or whatever concept we need to look at and break that down how do you guys do it is it longer is it shorter is it more individual or is it more team based you know in, in the beginning of the season we don't watch as much film as we probably need to uh but a lot of times you know film doesn't lie you know i can send clips to kids and saying you know you're not doing a certain thing you're not in the right position and just kids sometimes seeing it on film makes a difference than me telling them. They can actually see it. Right. I mean, I think that's a good point. I, I even have it. Mine's a smaller scale. You know, if I'm if I'm working with a player and we're working on something, and I, I say repeating myself. And it's not because they're just not doing what you asked. They, it, we're in a digital age, and everything they see is with their eyes is less creativity, uh, what I would say, between the ears. So, like, for me, if I, if I literally take a small video – and show you, hey, you're not doing this, it immediately clicks. So I think that's a good point. Um, now, with you winning multiple district titles, and then in our area we have a, a Christmas term on the girls' side. You have to win three games in about six days to win it. On the boys' side, I believe it's five games in about seven days, seven or eight days. Take us through a week of preparation in regards to having a quick turnaround. Uh, is it a mixture of – uh, being locked in on this opponent, then worry about everything once you win that game. Or are you kind of uh, sneak peeking at the next opponent? You know, that's it's tough. That's a tough week for us. And same as the conference tournament and kind of the district tournament. Those are tough weeks because 
We know who our first round opponent is. We'll, we'll get a good scout on them. But when it's time for the semifinal game, you got to scout two teams. So usually when we scout two teams, that's four films to break down in a matter of two days. And it's just a lot of preparation and not much time. And, you know, you just got to do your best with it and try to be prepared as much as possible. I think that at the high school level, it's even tougher because of staff. You know, where I we were just talking about, I was I was fortunate enough to be at the Memphis Tigers practice yesterday, Penny Hardaway staff, and kudos to them. They got that thing really rolling down there. But the high school level, even if you have a super dedicated high school varsity coach, that doesn't mean you have a super dedicated JV coach. You guys are pretty blessed, whereas your JV coach wants to be a head coach. You got other people around the program that are volunteering that either coach head coaching experience or are still involved with it. Whereas I think when it comes to preparation, like you can only be at one place at one time. And I know I know how you are. If if you're playing Cape Notre Dame uh, in three weeks and you play this Friday, you want somebody seeing Notre Dame play when they play on a Wednesday. Well, not everybody can be there. So I feel like staff is very vital in uh, regards to high school. And it can hinder you, and you got to find some people outside the program. We all know we have eyes in the gym, even if we're not there uh, to help our program. Um, now, you guys have played a lot of big games in regards to championships, uh, district championships, tournament plays. Uh, does your approach a change with those big games in regards to, all right, we really lock more on this, more towards like we really want to take away their te- two best sets. You know, I, I look at it like when you guys played St. Jen last year in the district championship. All right, they're going to face safe, uh, excuse my language, face guard self. It was basically like, all right, she's not going to beat us, in which I see like the regular season – I don't see it as much in regards to taking certain certain weight. Probably because of quicker turnaround. Do your guys' approach change in regards to really locked into personnel more or taking certain things away? I think, you know, for us, the first half of the season, we got to figure out what we need to do to win that district championship, who we're going to have to beat, what style we're going to have to play. And if we're doing things at the beginning of the year that's not going to win us a district championship, after the Christmas tournament, we change. I mean, like if St. John's the team we need to beat, we're going to work on a triangle and two and a box and one after Christmas every day in practice because that's what we're going to have to do to win the district championship. Or if it's North County, you know, which we try to prepare for them, how are we going to guard their big kids? And we try to do that starting around Christmas, to be honest with you. Two years ago, we, we knew Steelville was the team to beat in our district championship. And after we played them in the Christmas tournament championship every day, we worked against the 1-3-1 in preparation to win a district championship. Yeah, I remember that one three one was a was a predicament throwing those skip passes from wing to wing. It was a uh, nasty for sure. And they had some they had some long athletes that made it that much more difficult too. Um, now your program uh, is built from seventh through twelfth grade. It's not built. All right, this is my varsity team this year, and I'll work on it. Like you're always looking ahead, preparing your seventh, eighth, ninth grade classes to what you guys run at the varsity level. Uh, Talk about like when you first got here to Central or even, you know, you said uh, off air that you coached at Potosi, which was a struggling program. And then only this area knows before that you were coaching at at Kingston. You're there four years. The first two years they didn't even have a program. So you had to build that one from scratch. What have you learned and what are the what are the big aspects to build to build a program from top to bottom and not just at the varsity level? Well, going back to Kingston, I I think, honestly, that was probably my best year of coaching there. My second year there, we won 10 games at Kingston. And, you know, those kids came from nothing to something. I really felt good about what we did there, honestly. 
because they, they put in a lot of time and you can just see them improvement. I've never seen so much improvement in two years in a program that I that we had there. But here, you know, our program is built kind of from top bottom to top. And we have some really good coaches here at the junior high level. We have some really good kids here at the junior high level that are just interested in basketball. Our seventh eighth grade kids, they go to watch our games, they sit behind our benches, and if you go walk down the hall right now and ask a seventh grade kid what our base offense is here at Central for man-to-man, they could tell you. And, you know, I think that makes a difference. These kids are getting introduced to what we do at fifth and sixth grade. And, you know, time they get to high school, they have a good base and understanding. And, and we kind of build upon it and just kind of further it. Yeah, I, I think that um, in base offense, even like just the continuity of, you know how it is. I mean, you watch a fifth and sixth grade game for the most part, it looks like a third grade soccer game. Here's the ball. Everybody surround themselves around it. I think, too, uh, it's the same way with uh, South Iron High School. That's a high school in southeast Missouri. It's a class one school. But those programs have created ignition within their program. You know, I I say all the time, all it takes is for one program to have one kid that goes high major division one, they see her or him on TV, and now everybody wants to play basketball. And I think, you know, when you guys won that state championship in 2015 with Megan and Sydney Skaggs and Kenzie Jones – that that created ignition within your program like man we're can be really good we could do something like that and i think that you know those girls watch those games they're at the varsity games they're sitting courts they've seen you blow people out by 30 or 40 points and i think you know to a degree that's what they want to do um now within your program let's hop into uh you're known for uh pressure defense turning people over i just want to know what made you go to that have you always done that and uh i mean in the game of coaching, it's about stealing, right? It's uh, take something from somebody else, kind of make it your own, and then run with it. So why'd you go to it, and where'd you get it from? Well, I love pressing, honestly. I just I love to watch teams press and push the ball up and down. And as a player, I love to press, and I love to push the ball, and I love to get up and down. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to make the game as fast as possible, and, and we feel like our kids are in really good shape. And we try to wear people down, and I really got this from Tim Gray when I played at Mac. He uh, he did a lot of run and jump stuff, and I thought, man, that's really cool, you know, getting easy baskets, and I think that's huge in girls' basketball. Okay, within that, when you guys press, when you do guys man press, run and jump, full court, and I, I've seen you guys you blow up dribble handoffs, blow up ball screen stuff, is there any two or three principles that, like, all your kids know, like, we do this, we do this, do this, or is it – change year to year or how is the so-called system regards you guys pressuring you know we still year to year our, our philosophy is we want to pressure the basketball we want to you know try to make the point guard give it up and make someone else handle the ball but uh, this year our athlete we're not as athletic as we have been but we're still going to do what we do we're still going to pressure people we're still going to play man-to-man we may not be able to play as tight man-to-man as we have in the past but we're still going to play man-to-man and we're still going to run and jump and our kids are still going to play an aggressive style on defense where we want to just attack people the whole time. You know, on ball picks, we, we try to jump trap every ball pick. You know, we're going to switch a bunch of screens this year, and we're just going to try to play fast again and, and be the attacker on defense. That's our philosophy. We want to attack. Now, with uh, pressuring the basketball at the high school level and really at every level, the most important stat is the turnover battle. You know, if – if you're turning over 20 times, they're turning over 10. They literally had 10 more possessions. If they shoot 30%, that's the difference. I think even on the girls' side, I what I personally see is one or two girls can handle it, but positions three, four, and five can't. And when you run and jump, 
there is yes, there's some press breakers, but you got to have players that can make plays, make decisions because zone press is a little bit different, right? Middle of the floor, skip sip, maybe a yo-yo up the sideline. Whereas man, run and jump, it's never the same. Like it's always a little bit helter skelter. Now, with you having a bunch of successful teams, what similar characteristics do you see in those teams? Maybe you identify in the summer, preseason, during the season, you can look back and go, these teams had this type of player, this type of player, didn't have this, and this, and so forth. So what characteristics do you see in some of the best teams that you've had? Um, you know, just we've had some really good players. We've had some stud athletes, some stud players, but we've also had some players that are willing to do dirty work. You know, we call them pigs. They get in there and just grunt and do whatever you ask them to do. We We've had some great screen setters. We've had some great people that play the two for us and shoot the ball once or twice a game and just guard and take charges. And I think you got to have a good mix of good players and a mix of players who are willing to do things to make your good players better, honestly. I think uh, I was talking to Coach Johnson about this, that it seems that, at least in this area, and this is uh, Missouri high school basketball, that you got to have one, maybe two players that hoops is what they do. They love hoops, and they're possibly going to play in college afterwards. Whereas then you need two or three other players. It's their second sport, but they're a good athlete, and they understand that it's their second sport, and they're here to better the team as a unit and not be what we call you know, the man or the girl on the team. A uh, couple more things before I let you go. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Changing the game in regards to – uh, even when you were a head coach at Kingston and now at Central, how have you had to adapt system-wise, scheme-wise to how the game's changed? It's, it's ever-changing. If you're not changing, you're that far behind. I, I see so many coaches that are still running three out, two in, uh, dumping in the post. Even though they don't have a good post player, they're just doing it what they've always done. How have you had to change system-wise from even maybe your first year at Central to now you know, coming into this year? You know, our defensive philosophy hasn't changed a whole lot. It may change from game to game, but offensively, I think skill work, you know, kids just can't – we're trying to make kids basketball players. And, you know, we've had some really good thinkers, really good basketball players who understand the game. And nowadays it's hard to teach kids how to understand the game. You know, a lot of kids just know how to play. And right now it's just not – a lot of kids play basketball but really don't understand the game or how to play and. I think that's the hardest thing and the biggest change is having to teach kids the simple things of understanding the simple parts of the game of basketball. I think that's a good point. Teaching between the ears, I think, is always a vital point. Now, on the girls' side, I, I'm not as familiar, but on the boys' side, I think that there's much more clout that goes with, with playing basketball now. The social media the uh, <clears throat> the highlight tapes, all that. There's more that goes with it instead of just locking into being a better basketball player. On the boys' side, I've seen that some of these players, I think we can agree that players are more skilled now, not necessarily between the ears, but they're more skilled now than they were, you know, even when I played in high school 10 years ago. And it seems that some of these players are able to go get a shot whenever they can get a shot. So – understanding how to come off a pin down, how to set a pin down, a decision-making two-on-one when they could just, hey, just give me the ball, go get a jump shot off, which maybe 10, 15 years ago, not that many kids were able to do that. 
Um, I'm going to ask the same question I asked Coach Johnson. If you could change one rule in the high school game, I already know what you're going to talk about. He wanted. He was talking about the shot clock. I was talking about the foul rules regards to setting, resetting fouls every quarter. If you could change one thing, what would you change? I like both of those things you just talked about. I think a shot clock would be really interesting in high school basketball and, and the foul situation by quarters. I, I would be willing to try that out as well. But for me, I, I think I would – we went to Nashville a couple of years ago and played a lot of teams from Nashville at the Lipscomb tournament. And uh, they had a public and private division set up in the summer, and they have one set up in their high school as well. And I think that would be something to look into, let the public have their own division, their own state tournaments, and the private school play their own state tournaments as well. Yeah, it's always uh, an argument, even on the boys' side too, regards to public and private. What about a change within the rules of the game? That's more uh, Missouri-driven, state-driven. There was a rule that you would want to maybe – experiment with maybe because you know what in the college level they experiment a lot of stuff with the nit or the cbi not the NSA tournament to give them some sort of you know i would like to see if you're going to experiment experiment with jamborees or this that the other to kind of get a feel for what it would be like is there any certain rule regards that what you would like to maybe experiment with I, I like the arm bar, honestly. Like, I, I think you're playing post-defense. I think an arm bar is not a bad thing, you know. I mean, even guarding the ball. When I played basketball, you, you had someone's forearm in you the whole time playing defense. And I think too many times a kid puts his hand on a kid, it's a foul automatically, you know. I think kids just need to play a little bit. But I don't know. I, I kind of like the rules as they are, I guess. I figured you would say something about physicality. That's a pressing coach talking there. He oh, yeah. he doesn't want to be in the he doesn't want to be in the uh, bonus with us uh, five minutes left in the second quarter. But that's all we got. Uh, I appreciate you guys uh, coming in, checking it out, um, Coach. I appreciate you coming on. No problem. I appreciate it. Once again, if you guys will like, comment, uh, subscribe, and continue to check us out, uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. I appreciate you guys. Thanks. Mexico.